Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6, 10 through 7, 7 called Divine Reassurance. Divine reassurance. We all need it. We all need reassurance. The Lord reassured, I thought of some J's for you, Joshua, Jacob, Jeremiah. Jesus reassured the the disciples, I will not leave you alone. I will see you again. The Lord encouraged Paul to keep going on his mission in Acts 18. He said to Paul, verse 9, don't be afraid anymore. Go on speaking, don't be silent, for I am with you. And no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. And it says that Paul settled there in Corinth a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. He said, okay, Lord, if that's what you have to say, then this is what I'm going to do. Now, you might be wondering, well, how did God reassure Moses? We're going to pick up the title Divine Reassurance in Exodus 6, verse 10, and here's what it says. And I have several points for you that are taking notes Probably at least about five things to point out. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses, Exodus 6.10, saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Go and say, let my people go. I haven't changed your mission. (laughs) You might be kind of unsettled. I know you had a failure at the first, you know, uh, the Pharaoh wasn't cooperative. And he basically said, I don't know who your God is. And I don't know who you think you are, but now your people are going to make bricks without straw. Try that on for size. And the people were bummed out and they went searching everywhere to find uh, stuff to make the bricks. And they were upset and they were unhappy. At first, when Moses announced that God cared about the people and he had compassion and concern, the people at the end of Exodus 4, around verse 31, bowed low and worshiped. They were so relieved to know that God cared about them. But now at the first shot at Pharaoh and God had already told Moses, he's not going to let you go except under compulsion. I'm going to have to force him to let you go. 10 plagues are coming. Moses was still disappointed. We're all human, right? The people got the bad news about the work and they were beaten, being beat by the taskmasters and they were upset and they were upset with the Pharaoh and they were upset with Moses and Moses felt like a failure. You ever tried to reach out, you know, maybe you sensed that God had something for you and you tried it and it was a disaster. And you're like, what do I do now? I actually did what you said I should do, Lord. Peter, who got a divine recall, and for those of you who are taking notes, one of the ways that Moses is reassured by God is God recalls him. I'll call this a divine recall, a mission reiterated. Peter got a recall in John 21. We're studying this as a group of men on Thursday mornings. And it was on the seashore. Peter was, you know, they were kind of sitting around talking after the resurrection during the 40 days where the Lord appeared and discussed the kingdom of God with them on multiple occasions. And, they, and Peter said, all right, you know, I think it was something like this. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they went out on the Sea of Galilee called the Sea of Tiberias here by John. It had multiple names. And they caught nothing. And I was telling the guys some years ago, I had a friend, uh, we were growing up in the ministry at the same time, he's about my age, his, his name is Rob Foster. And he did a lot of time on the mission field, became a pastor. 
And I remember he was addressing a crowd like this one day and he was commenting on John 21 and he was talking about Peter going back fishing or trying to go back to his old life. And Peter and the others caught nothing. And my friend said to this group, and some of you have tried to go back to your old life. You've gone back fishing. And he paused and said, how is it? How is it? You gonna try to do your life without God now? How could Peter or the others, with everything they had been through, go back to their old life? But how many times have we tried? Well, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll give 40% to this Christian thing. You know, I'm not sure I can be all in anymore. I'm going back fishing. How is it? Well, when this uh, lonely, uh, solitary figure was on the shore, it was early in the morning, he said, Hey, boys, you haven't caught anything, have you? (laughs) No. That describes every fishing expedition I've ever had. (laughs) Caught nothing. In fact, I've had people hand me fishing poles just to take a picture as though I had caught something. They caught a fish. Here, Pastor Michael, take it. We'll take a photo right now. We'll lie. (laughs) No, that's not good for my pastoral career. So then I went to a local fishing place. (laughs) And same thing, caught nothing. But at this establishment, they had a loser pond. (laughs) Now, the loser pond is a place where it's a little body of water, and they pack so many fish in there, you're bound to catch something. And I threw my line into the loser pond. So the day would not be a total disaster. And I saw fish underneath the water having meetings, (laughs) saying, up there is Pastor Michael Lance. Don't bite on anything. He's not a fisherman. He thinks he's a golfer, but he's not a fisherman. (laughs) And around the fire, Jesus said, boys, come, let's have breakfast. And three times he said to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? You, You said you loved me. You said you would die for me. Do you love me? Lord, you know, you know, you know. Then feed my sheep. It was a recall. God is good because Peter could have gone back, I suppose, to his old life. God could have said, I'm going to use somebody else, not you, Peter. But Peter's story, oh, it's amazing, isn't it? What God does with him, even after failure, even after denial. How many times do you think Peter replayed that faithful night? I don't know the man. I don't know that man. How many times do you think Peter replayed walking on water, but then sinking? And how many times do you think he replayed in the dark of the night, Peter, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? These are the things that often hurt our hearts and I'll put in quotes, haunt us, right? But the Lord is good. And he recalls patiently and he recalls and he says, no, you you are my man. Yes, I've got the right guy. Are you sure, Lord? Send somebody else, send somebody else. No, I'm sending you. Some of you, maybe you're at a point where you feel like, man, I've, I've failed so much. I tried to go back to the old life. He won't give up on you. But Moses spoke before the Lord, 12, and he said, Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. <laughs> Here it is. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? I'm unskilled in speech. I think this is at least the second time he's made the same excuse. But don't blame Moses. How many times have you made the same excuse? Oh, just once, huh? And then you got over it? 
I want to eat healthy. <laughs> you say that every Monday morning. <laughs> I speak with faltering lips, NIV. I am uncircumcised. I, have, I am of uncircumcised lips, ESV, New King James. It's my lips' fault. <laughs> They're not consecrated. Remember earlier when Moses made this uh, excuse, God said, well, who made your mouth? I'll circumcise your mouth. I'll take care of it. I'll consecrate it for my purposes. See, that's just the problem. We think that it's got to be us. One scholar I was reading this week said, you could render Moses's objection as, I'm not ready for public speaking. Probably said that before, Right? And that's where Moses was. And I love the humanity of it. And I'm sure you've all given God the same excuse more than once. I have. Reminds me of the dialogue with the two dejected disciples on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection. Jesus said to them, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written. Why are you so slow to believe? What's it going to take? But he walked along with them. Moses questioned why God ever sent him in the first place. Moses may have said, that's it, I'm done, I tried. I knew it wouldn't work, I'm a failure. This is what I told you, you've got the wrong guy. I just can't do it. You can make your whole list of excuses. And I'm sure that we've all probably famously replayed our failures. Have you noticed that you tend to replay your failures more than your successes? Just seems to be the human condition, right? We just... We just stick on that one failure and we often forget how God sees us. See, God saw what Moses would be. And imagine if Moses had not had that opportunity. Imagine if Moses would have stayed in Egypt. And and let's just say he decided, you know what? Sin is pleasurable for more than a season and I'm I'm not gonna follow God. He would have been swept up in those plagues. He would have been under the judgment of God. But he followed. And no, it wasn't easy. But how can I go back now? I've got a divine appointment. What what would you do? Go back fishing? But Moses said, Lord, I need, here's what I read between the lines, I need reassurance. Nobody's listening. (laughs) I can't even get your people to listen. And you expect the most powerful leader on the planet, that is the Pharaoh of Egypt, to listen to me? Your people have given up on me. And that's often where we find ourselves. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron 13 and gave them a charge. We started with a divine recall. Number two, how did Moses, how did God reassure Moses? He gave him a charge. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge. Hebrew word is sabah. It means to command, to give orders or to give marching orders. Paul wrote to Timothy, I solemnly charge you, 2 Timothy 4.1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. I solemnly charge you. Our generation is not too good with commands. We like soft suggestions. A command? Yes. From Almighty God. He has 10 commandments, not suggestions. Jesus said to the disciples, go and make disciples of all the nations, 
Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I have commanded you. Teach them to obey it. Because he's God. Amen? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. So the point is, starting with Gurdjieff, they believe this is this is the cosmos. Everything goes in here. If you can't put it in here, it doesn't belong. This tells you the meaning of the whole universe, not the Bible, not the Word of God, this stuff. Modern science has shown that worry and stress actually can shave away at the years right. of your life. You'll, you'll add some things, but they won't be the kind of value addeds that you want. No. Even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally six to 12 weeks. It has become traditional among many pagans to mark the four quarters of the Samhain circle with jack-o'-lanterns. But it might also be in keeping with the season to light one white candle in a jack-o'-lantern placed in the window or on a front porch to beckon the spirits. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com or you can subscribe and follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. It means the command to give orders or to give marching orders. Paul wrote to Timothy, I solemnly charge you, 2 Timothy 4.1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. I solemnly charge you. Our generation is not too good with commands. We like soft suggestions. A command? Yes. From Almighty God. He has 10 commandments, not suggestions. Jesus said to the disciples, go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I have commanded you. Teach them to obey it. Because he's God. (laughs) Amen? Sometimes I think we've forgotten who he is. And he gave a charge and he said, To the sons of Israel and to the Pharaoh, king of Egypt, this is the charge. I want you to bring them out. Bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. This is your job. This is your charge. I believe, gentlemen, I'm going to speak to you for a second. We need to recapture the place of a formal charge to those who are coming up. I've had the privilege of doing a few ordination services up here. Some of you have been part of those. And we gave a charge to those young men entering into the pastorate. And we gave a charge that was biblical. Preach the word in season and out of season. Rebuke, convince, exhort with patience. You're going to have to do this because the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears 
Pickled. <laughs> Sorry. That was a little bit of an attempt at Elmo there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's, tell me what I want to hear. But that's not the biblical call of a pastor. It's to preach his word, right? To say, this is what God says. It's go time. But before this all unfolds, you could call this the calm before the storm. And if you're taking kind of sweeping big picture notes, there's a little bit of a summation of some things here. And we get a genealogy. Everybody ready? Isn't that your favorite Bible reading when you come across the genealogies? The son of, and the son of who? And the son of him? And the son of, how do you pronounce that? And I put in my notes that genealogies in your Bible are kind of like watching somebody else's home movies. <laughs> you know? You go over to somebody's house. Hey, we've got the years between when I was one and eight. It's only four hours of wonderful viewing. We're making popcorn. Ready? No. I think I'm getting an emergency phone call. Right? And we're tempted to skip genealogies, and I understand why I'm tempted to. But all Scripture is what? Inspired by God. It's all God-breathed. And you might ask, well, what's the purpose of genealogies? Well, genealogies are establishments of time periods and family history, even rights to land and the priesthood. And oftentimes they link directly to the Messiah. So they establish a line like to the line of David or to the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to establish uh, the line directly to the Messiah, for example. There's a great genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 and so forth. Uh, here, one thing we could say is it affirms biblical authenticity, accuracy, and connection. It affirms that Israel spent 400 years in Egypt because of the families that are laid out here. You can put the timelines together with their ages, and it's pretty easy to cross-reference the time spent uh, there in Egypt. So let me just uh, assure you that I'm going to move fairly quickly I'm going to pronounce questionable names with great authority so that you will believe that I know how to pronounce them. Now, these are the heads, 14, of their, namely Moses and Aaron's father's households. The sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, Hanak and Palu. His name means, I'm going to give you some meanings of names as we move through. Palu means extraordinary. Hezron, Carmi, these are the families of Reuben. Reuben's name means behold a son. Now, something that I think a lot of you know is that Jacob, who was the father of Israel and had 12 sons, had 12 sons through four different women. And the first four were born to a woman named Leah, who was not his true love, but Uncle Laban snuck her in on the wedding night. You guys remember that? She had a veil on, and he woke up in the morning and he said, Oi, hey, who's this? <laughs> Well, it's our tradition to give the oldest away first. You can have Rachel. Just need seven more years of hard labor. But for Jacob, it was nothing because he loved her so much. And Reuben was the firstborn to Jacob, who's renamed Israel. His name be, means behold a son. This uh, genealogy is bookended. It opens and closes with these are the heads of their father's households. It's organized by families. Some of you have done um, some research into your own family tree, and that can be really interesting. 
One, one important thing to remember, if you just want a big picture reference, is that this is a sixth generation genealogy stretching from Levi to Phineas, and I'll give you a little bit more detail in a second. The son, the sons of Simeon, he's the second born of Jacob through Leah. Simeon's name means God hears. You have Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jakin, Zohar, and Shaul. Uh, that name means prayers answer. The son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. Now, all we're doing is just moving through the first kids that belong to Jacob, who is Israel, to establish the link of Moses and Aaron to Israel, to the nation, to the forefathers. And so Jacob's second-born, Simeon, is proper to lead up to the key player here, the line of Levi. Notice, these are the names of the sons of Levi. He's the third-born to uh, Jacob through Leah. His name means joined. That's the Levitical line. According to their generations, you have the line of Levi, you have Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. He designed later a car. Uh, changed the first letter to Ferrari. And just kidding. And the length of Levi's life was 137 years. Now, Levi's three sons are highlighted here and his age because this is the focus of the genealogy. And you have these three sons. These are the three sons of Levi who took the tabernacle, by the way, through the wilderness. The Levitical line was the priestly line and also the line for worship leaders, also responsible for components of the tabernacle, whether it be the curtains or the implements of the tabernacle or even like the foundational pieces. And so uh, you have a name there, Kohath, one of the Kohathites wrote Psalm 84. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And so there are links here even to some of the Psalms. You've been listening to Divine Reassurance, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7. 7. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, we've been running into the fact that Moses has been making his excuses about why he's not the guy. And he gets reassured by God. He gets divine reassurance. But you may be asking, well, I don't even know what my path is. For example, I haven't had a burning bush experience, or you know, I haven't had something quote-unquote, miraculous happened to me that shows me what I'm supposed to do. Maybe you're a person who listens to Christian radio, you go to church every Sunday, but your path is not clear. What should you expect? How would the Lord speak to you? Well, I believe that he speaks to us just like you are experiencing right now. As you listen to the Word of God, the Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I can tell you in my own Christian journey, I felt an undeniable tug from very early on. 
But it was the Word of God that really was shaping and calling. The, the Holy Spirit was speaking through the Word, through sermons, through personal Bible study, through times of quietness and prayer. So there's not just one way, but the main way, I believe, is that the Lord will show you your spiritual gifts, your calling through the Word of God. Now, I would encourage you to take a spiritual gifts class. Find out what your gifts are. You probably already have a good idea. Ask other people who know you well what they see in you and begin to serve. You see, if you're waiting forever to get that lightning bolt from heaven, well, maybe the Lord wants you to start taking some steps of faith. There is a tension between waiting on the Lord and taking steps of faith. This is where it would be good to talk to a more mature believer in the Lord. Maybe approach your pastor, maybe approach uh, a leader of a Bible study and say, hey, can you give me some input on this? I know they'd be happy to help you out. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to the book of Exodus right here, and we are walking through the book and we are looking at Moses' call and God reassuring him that he's going to supply everything that he needs. And you know, everything that we need is has been supplied to us everything we need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. He is good, and he will give you everything that you need to fulfill the call to which he's called you. So be of good cheer, my brothers and my sisters. Well, once again, this is Pastor Michael, and I'm excited that you're along with us. Hey, check out the website when you get a chance, walkintruth.com, walkintruth.com. Support us if you can, and we'll see you right here tomorrow for more in the book of Exodus. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7 called Divine Reassurance. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walking Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.